0: Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set
1: for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by
0: Outside90.com.
1: The transfer window is closed, and unfortunately the paperwork could not be submitted in time, so I'm back. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. I'm James, back in the A-hole chair after missing the last show, which allowed these two guys to star. Scott Owen and Adam Pace. Hey guys, did time, you miss out, me? time out, time
2: out. The paperwork did go through. You just failed your medical. Well, what yeah. is it with you, five foot nine, dodgy Boston guys? You've all got dodgy hips. Come on. It's knees. Whatever <laughs> knees, hips, you're all the same. Sort yourselves out, would you? We had the deal done. Well, at least Adam missed me,
3: right? <laughs> well, yeah. Look, we, we look, we, we, actually missed you that much that actually Scott and I decided to get oh, you. No. a <laughs> couple of uh, belated wedding presents. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I should just say, while Adam's getting that out, big thanks to everyone that sent us messages on. Facebook with congratulations. We had a lovely wedding and honeymoon in Thailand.
3: So, So, (laughs) there you go. For the listeners at home, I just gave him a bowl of vanilla coke and some Tabasco sauce,
1: (laughs) which is a reflection of a very troubled teenage. Uh, And there's a bird there as well. (laughs) (laughs) And the. Oh, uh, that's, about, that's about as close as I've come to swearing live on the show. <laughs> that was the aim. We didn't yeah, quite it get just shows that
3: we were listening to, <laughs> to yeah. speeches.
1: Oh, don't tell my brother that. He'll never shut up now. <laughs> uh, yes, that was... uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's The night was Beautiful. a lot of jokes at my expense, which I suppose is the way it should have gone, and Beck standing and the in the conti- background just laughing at us. <laughs> <laughs> and the jokes continue. Oh, God, what next? No, that, that, I'm not a rover anymore. <laughs> well, thank you guys. I appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, ooh, Chipotle. <laughs> oh, it? No, it is it? It is. Flavors. All right. What do you say we get into the show? I think we <laughs> probably should. <laughs> a very good gag. Well done. All right. So, segment one. We're going to talk about the Raw friendly since you two last recorded. And I will say, well done on that show, and I like the guest appearance of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So Monday night, Raw versus China under 22 down at uh, Rabina, which was a very interesting night for us. I quite enjoyed
3: it. I think yeah, it was um. Look, it was always a game that was going to have some certain interest. Obviously, an unfamiliar opponent, and whatnot, and I think uh, when well, it comes down to it, a win's a win. But I don't think I don't think the um, supporters are too convinced by it. No, it, well,
1: it, I suppose not because it's an under twenty-two side, which automatically gets a lot of fans worked up, rightfully or wrongly.
2: It does, but I still think it's important to win in pre- particularly after the last couple of results. So I'm I'm not that bothered by it. the result. I thought performance was better. I think mean, that was the most important thing after a lackluster, shall we say, FFA Cup performance. has been a good couple of weeks now of training. And, there was and I think, that think they're better off too. now as well.
1: Mm. So what really stood out for me in this game was they went to a back mm. four as well, yeah. right from the start. And it wasn't your traditional friendly where from 45 to 75 minutes there was just a whole bunch of subs. Well, it it was certainly wasn't like a traditional
2: friendly from 45 to 70 minutes. That's for sure. We'll get to that later.
1: Yeah, Jack Hingit, <laughs> otherwise known as Boo. <laughs> mm.
2: Stop stealing my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, after that stitch-up, I've got to get <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was
1: um, an interesting night. The second half
2: certainly had a lot of feeling as well. It did, absolutely. It was, well, it's uh, just after half-time, really, didn't it? It's un- innocuous Jones, to me, it looked like. Anyway, it didn't seem to be too much in it, but the Chinese crowd certainly took offence to it and mm, yeah. just poor, continued on the from poor, there. Poor old
3: Jack Hinger was the, the young, basically the target of all that.
1: Mm. But what was... um. We'll go, run through the scores quickly. 2-1 win for the Raw. F- a first-half goal from Peter Skipidis and then a Massimo Macaroni penalty in the end. Either side of a...
3: A uh, Wei How
2: goal in the 19th minute.
1: Wei Hao Nice look
2: stitching out about butt with the Chinese <laughs> name.
1: I honestly drew a blank. I, <laughs> I'm still on Thailand time. Whatever that is. Uh, yeah, it was very fiery second half and you could tell both sides really wanted to win it. The Raw, obviously, because of the way their pre-season results have gone. And, look, you can argue it's ro- whether it is or isn't just about results in preseason. but, you know, they came out, won the game, and got a real test because <coughs> that Chinese side, they battled.
3: Well, that's the thing. Like they, I've heard, been hearing you know, on such means slurs about, oh, you just beat the kids. These are allegedly the best kids in China. Yeah. So, to to and even though, like, to China as a senior team um, are probably not travelling the best at the moment, you know, like I said, this is still a national mm. team. And, you know, for a club side to, you know, I know, look, look you can say that we subsequently Central Coast Mariners beat the China, this, this side 3-0. But, look, that was behind closed doors. No one really knew what happened other than the result. So, look, it's, you don't mm. really want to get caught up in, oh, who you beat. It's a case of, look, Let's look, let's focus on the raw performance and that the Chinese team were providing opposition.
1: And also keep in mind, like, and I'm not saying this in a Manchester City joke type of way. China puts a lot of money into their football development, yeah. so that clearly is you know the but result of the best program money can buy. Yeah, what well, this
2: team is preparing as well for the AFC Under 23 tournament hosted in China next year. So you assume they want to win that. They're going I mean, to want to been win a, that. It's a, they're out here for about a good couple of weeks. I think they play Gold Coast City Monday as yep. well. So there's they're out here for a fair while. But on the raw, I think. Positives, I think. If is scoring again. I mean, it's hard to get a raw game them that he's not scoring in. I think it's, it's like four or games in a row now as well, so it's, so it's quite good. There's depth up front, but yeah, they played well. That's so, the most important thing. They played well in this game, so I they, thought, anyway. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, Friday night, a little bit of a different story mm. where they travelled down to Ballarat and played Melbourne victory. And well, this time they came away with a 3 1 loss, so I suppose that's a mm. little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, Bursar Barisha got a double, Jay Ingham scored for Melbourne Victory and that man again, Peter Skapetis, with for the Raw.
3: I think the most I think um looking back at the game on Friday, I think the most um I guess concerning thing is the defensive lapses yep. that which led to the three all three goals. They they three goals that probably mm. should have been preventable. The the for me the second goal um they scored, geez, that's that's a real concern. Um how mm. how old Jack Hinger got beaten down down that wing, but look again, it's 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 pre-season you, you you sort of you take it for where it is, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's concern there. But you know what, you take as it is. Well, the way I
1: judge mm. preseason, if it you know if you do well in preseason and you get off to a good start, then clearly it mattered. Mm. But if you get off to a bad start in preseason and then win the games that mm. actually count, yeah. then it means you've still got the work done. Mm. And you know the opposite way <laughs> as well. Like I always use the line of different sport I know, but Detroit Lions in two thousand and eight. Mm won all four of their pre-season games in the NFL, then didn't win again for the whole season. So, you know, it does it can mean something, it might not. It just depends. It is
2: also the second game in a week floor as well. I and mean, You have to factor that in. I yeah. know it's probably more of a preparation thing for later in the year when they play, hopefully, Champions League on the back of A-League. So it's, it's really good for that. I'm, I'm interested by the fact they didn't really change the 11s too much. Yeah, it seemed like it was the same team pretty much in both games, which is interesting.
1: And with the back four after the experiment we yeah. saw with three central defenders, but... Well, and John Aloisi was actually saying uh, in his press conference, talking about how he was a bit frustrated that the team had to travel on the day of the game, meaning they didn't really get there until a couple of hours beforehand.
3: And, and that's all stuff. And Oh,
1: we've just got a goal in the women's NPL grand final, which we are stuff. multitasking and watching at the same time. <laughs> Off a corner, anyway. Adam, you were saying? Yeah, I was
3: just I was just, just going to say as well that you know that that does also um, have some factor as far as you know their performance goes. You know, if they if they're getting into to Ballarat on Friday of the game, you know, after after I assume yeah. a plane ride down to Melbourne, then a bus ride up. You know, like so yeah. that's not exactly great preparation that yeah. is going to bring out your top. But the one thing as well is that no, no Avram Papadopoulos, no Ben. Uh, Fahid Ben-Kefala, no Corey Gamero, no Thomas Christian, so that's four no players. No Jacob Pepper either. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> but it if is have to another Jacob Pepper also, yeah.
2: yeah,
1: And look, it, you know, Jacob Pepper obviously yeah. came yeah. in for a lot of criticism last year for the way he played, but he's got to get out yeah. on the field at some point. Yeah, you, like, need,
2: you need players to play, otherwise, yeah, you're right. You need some match time.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he, I'm sure they'll all be healthy at some point yeah. this year, because it... You hope you so. You'd hope so.
3: You'd hope <laughs> at least three of those uh, guys we mentioned will be healthy.
1: Well, but... Even then, with the way the preseason's going, it is a tough situation. Like, I'm not going to excuse the team for mm. everything, but you've got to remember, like, it's the longest offseason in world football. Yeah, so, it really you've is. got to work and have almost a slow build to that first full weekend in October. Look,
3: I think for mine, like I said, you know, yes, there is cause of concern. But it's not. I don't think it's end of the world stuff. As some of the stuff that we're seeing on social media, like you know predictions of the wooden spoon and all that. You know, as far as the wooden spoon, I know our prediction shows a couple of weeks away. But at the moment, I got Wellington Phoenix winning that. Oh, that's right. Wellington is still around. Yeah. So, (laughs) so look, look, it's concerning, Mm. yes. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't buy into this whole doom and gloom and trying to predict what's going to happen in May 2018 based on performances in August, September 2017. But but
1: look, some of those reactions, it's not exclusive to Raw fans. I mean, take a look at Arsenal fans right now after a mediocre transfer deadline day saying, oh, the club should essentially just fold.
3: Yeah, oh, exactly. It's
1: it's almost a way, I feel like, of the fans to sort of make it a little bit easier if the team does happen to underachieve, which, look, I don't think anyone in their right mind wants them to, except for maybe a sadistic 1% or 2% that just want to say, you know, they suck and be
3: right about it. Yeah, when, and, all, and also, it's all yeah. try and force change as well. but
1: And go on the ego yeah. trip to say, I was right, I said yeah. they were going to suck, ha, 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 which, yeah. let's face it, we don't really want those I don't think around. It's,
2: yeah. it's hard to say it's going to be that bad, Yet yeah, based on a couple of pre-season results. I mean, Raw did lose last year to Sydney and Western Sydney in pre-season, and they turned out just fine. So I think it's, wait. Well, you can't really just judge based on a couple of pre-season results how it's going to go in the season. You've got to wait four or five weeks into the season. Well, and if you, you get a more clear picture as to what... It's happening.
3: If you actually ju- judge it on pre-season results, well, Newcastle Jets are going to win the Premiership. But they've been going around belting teams in, in the, our back New South Wales. <laughs> How is that How is that preparation? You just like so. I'm, I'm not going to mock Newcastle say, oh, those results don't mm-hmm. count. It's all about preparation. Different clubs have different preparation types. So, you know what? Those who are judging, trying to predict that crystal ball of the se- season out of pre-season, Geez, you're going to come up with some interesting results.
1: I can safely say, you know, we did our... Picks last year, and I, for at least half of them, I was just you know making it up when <laughs> yeah. we went. Oh, that's right, it's time to do picks. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you make your educated guess.
2: Educated. I don't
1: hope for the work. I don't hope for the, Well, I watch all the games. So well, that's
2: game our picks weren't that educated. Did you see how they turned out? Yeah, you won. <laughs> no, our <I, I> predicted at <laughs> the start were terrible. No, I
1: said third or fourth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations! And like, it is the bulk of a squad that did. Finished third or fourth last year. Obviously, yeah. it's a little mm. different here and there, but you know, there's
3: still more to come. Oh, exactly. It's at, mm. at the end of the day to try and gauge, you know, a couple of results from, to have a couple of results from the you know, pre season, try and say, Oh, this is what's going to happen. I think it's that's, that's probably mm. danger. And no, I think it's almost ignorant to, to the point.
1: Yeah, I think the fair reaction right now would be mm. being alert but not alarmed. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, know, we just hope it goes well. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to Brisbane Football Review, part of the DFS Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam with you today, guys. Let's get into the news. Let's go. Alright, so Thursday night in the pregame for the Socceroos. Japan game. There was some really sad news about Mike Cockrell, the Fox Sports commentator and Fairfax journalist, yeah. passing away, and it was just a
2: massive shock. It was a massive shock. I mean, it was. I mean, the Fox Sports guys did unbelievably well to carry themselves through that. I think they got it in the the outbreak, didn't they? Yeah. Talk about hard news to deal yeah.
1: with. Especially, you know, a group of people that would have been so close yeah. to him, and the way that they just carried on with the broadcast professionally and yeah. shared their memories of him.
3: Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, you, know, you could see, you could tell that. Now, especially uh, Robbie Slater, he was visibly shaken by. Yeah by the news and that's yeah So he, he's, he's part of that, that that's the group um, of sort of you know commentators and whatnot on, on Fox Sports so to, for him to pass so suddenly I think it's really shocking news
2: and Robbie Slater was really still shaking the day after as well when he was on the daily football show he was yeah. talking to Mark and Adrian down there so if you haven't listened to that you should go and listen to it some really good stories shared yeah and
1: like I know as a Reporter: Some of his stories might have not been the most popular, but he always at least had an opinion and was able to back it up. Yeah, it's,
3: yeah. yeah Like I said, you know, he, he, was, he was very big on, you know, I guess not forgetting the the yeah. past. You know, he obviously understood that. You know, you know, for the, for the game to go forward, um, obviously, you know, this new age of professionalism. But he also sort of didn't let people forget that, you know, hey, football in this country didn't start in 2005 yeah. at the A-League, and you know, he was very, very um, big on that, but you no, know, he's, he's going to be sorely missed.
2: Absolutely. I mean, one of his big stories he was talking about last year was the Raw should embrace their history with the Lions, and you'd have to say he would absolutely be absolutely delighted with the way the Raw have gone this off-season, playing the Lions in a friendly, and also with the Kits this week, which we'll get to, with yeah. a very strong link to the Landia Roots. And he
1: was, a, I thought he was an excellent football commentator, yeah. just his voice and the way he could... Yeah get up for the big moments. Like, I remember he called, I think it was the Raw 7-1 over Adelaide in 2011. Yeah, but the, one, the game I, so. game I, I always it. remember him calling was Brisbane Raw, Newcastle Jets in December 2008. It was a Sergio Van Dyke winning goal. And I can still remember that, is this yeah. result that makes the Raw genuine contenders? Well, it turns out they weren't, because they lost <laughs> semi-final. But I just remember him calling that game and... Now, one of my, those ones that sticks out
3: Mike Cockerell's voice actually would have been synonymous a lot for the uh raw because I said mm. as you know we don't always get the primetime games so he would he generally do um a lot of the raw games yeah. at Suncorp you know or, <laughs> or sort of, you know away so he, his voice would be you know synonymous with a lot of you know some of the raws um, highlights especially during regular season games
1: mm. and now he's joining les Murray yeah. And yeah yeah I think that'll be a very good uh, dinner table to too, be at
2: too. Good voices of Australian football in the past who kept the torch alive when no one really was paying attention to the game. Mm. Lost them, unfortunately.
1: And, of course, moving on, Thursday night, Socceroos went down to Japan 2-0,
2: but we're going to move on. So, one quick (laughs) thing. People need to stop underestimating Thailand assuming we're going to win the game 4-5-0. or Yeah. Just by turning up. It's not going to be that easy. Anyway. Actually,
1: just one quick point about Thailand. I heard... Talking about Mike Cockrell, he was always a champion of the Socceroos wearing white socks. That's so right I think he was we'll, too. it would be a nice touch on Tuesday night, yeah. possibly to see that.
2: Hopefully, yes. someone down in FFA is paying attention.
1: Yep, Scott's wearing his 2014 World <laughs> Cup jersey and Asian yes. Cup winners as well. Yep. So
2: there we go. Yeah, no, but just uh,
3: just a quick point from from my part on the um, on the game on uh, Thursday night, and I think going forward, I think I'm almost want to retract, you know, my summer sort of thoughts that. That Socceroos will qualify. I I think it's going to be tough for them. I think I think you know get ready for a playoff. I think that's um, that would be even. Um, I, I just cannot see um, Japan doing us a favour and getting any, getting anything out of um, Saudi Arabia, especially now that
2: they've qualified. Sure, on the other foot, we wouldn't do them any favours. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all, I wouldn't all,
2: be doing them any favours anyway.
1: All I will say is you know can you trust an Ange Postecoglou team to do it the easy way? <laughs> all pretty the socceroos, point. actually, yeah, come to think of it. good point. Anyway, Wednesday night, Rebel Sport in the City, was the Brisbane Raw 2017-18 kit launch. Orange and white at home, a blue with orange trim, a yeah. uh, second kit, and a maroon third kit. So, I'll start off with my general thoughts. Home kit, it was alright. I'd probably give it a five mm. or six. Mm. Away jersey, phenomenal. And the maroon, yeah. really good too. I saw... So, you know, it was good. And yeah. look, well, I say the home kit's all right. I got one on.
2: <laughs> yeah, night. You, you did buy one. It's a little bit too much white on the home kit for me, but it's it's different. I mean, that's one thing you were pointing out tonight. You want it to be very different to what we've seen in the last couple of years. And yes. you certainly got that. And with the Away Kit, I think it's fantastic. Not just because it's a link to the Lions, but it's also. Just it's a just really looks, nice. Shirt. It looks really good, yeah. And the Moroni, I've said before, I'm not a fan of the Moroni kit, but I think that's a better Moroni kit than what we've seen last year. And there's some little details on it as
1: well, we saw when we were up close with. I think it was Mackay and Devere modelling it.
2: I believe so. We'll, We'll go with that. Yeah, so that was, you know, good night. Adam, what did you think? Oh, look, um,
3: I, I'm, I'm pretty much in, in alignment with you on, on your thoughts on that. So I, I, I love the blue kit, and I'm uh, I'm going to go buy one. I think it's uh, <laughs> that, that's almost a given, because like I said, I myself, and I think, I think most people, we don't have a blue kit before, so no. raw kit, so it would be great to have one, unless you got a training one. That's the only one I can think of that was yeah. even remotely blue. But look, the Moreau 1 is what it is, um, as a third kit. And look, the, to be honest, I, I sort of... Wonder, engage. You know, I wonder if the, that the home kit would look better if the white trims were actually in black. I, I just wonder, but I, I'm, I'm very. Um, my view on that is simply, you know what? Again, a lot of barking in the background about about you know people carrying on about the kits. People, it's just a kit. I, it yeah, doesn't I, change who plays in them. So, I do wonder. Yeah.
2: How often we are going to see the blue and the maroon kit. Because you think about the blue kit, the amount of teams who wear blue in the league. There's a lot of clashes there, and we. Typically, only see the Maroon kit at home to Sydney FC, so I'm wondering how often we're going to see either of them this year.
1: Well, I would say just venturing a guess. So, you get it away at Adelaide. Yep. Uh, you'd probably also get it maybe in Wellington. In, possibly Wellington, in Wellington, yeah, you could wear it. Sorry, Scott and Adam just got distracted by <laughs> the women's NPL. <laughs> yeah. You could also. One minute uh, to go in that. Adelaide
2: and Wellington might be the only ones because a lot of other teams wear dark kits and you wouldn't want to wear a blue kit in and the contrast Wanderers,
1: to that. The Wanderers are predominantly black this year with their red and black stripes. <laughs> I Definitely not Sydney FC. I do
2: think we might see the Maroon kit make an appearance in Sydney. This although year, I did actually. On a way origin sort of thing.
1: Yeah, although I did actually hear um, a very funny line on Friday night saying,
2: well, what. What are you
1: going to do with the dark blue kit against Melbourne Victory? Well,
3: we Think wouldn't. for a yeah. second.
1: Just wait. Let yeah. them process it. They'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah.
3: But,
2: look. It's, they're different. And but as
3: but as a lot of people have said, you know what? Just because you're a away team, you're not obliged to use the blue kit every time. Exactly. So, and you know, no, in fact, you, all, you almost want to be orange yeah, as much as possible. That's exactly that's, what I was about to say. Yeah. And
1: that's almost setting, what it's setting up for. And you know what? You know, twenty ten eleven, that orange with the maroon shoulders kit, pretty average as a shirt. And I remember a lot of people hated it. But you know what? They won a pre- they won the yeah. double in it.
2: And if they win the double in this kits, everyone will say they're amazing. Yeah. So yeah,
1: that makes a kit look a lot better when you're lifting
2: a <laughs> yeah. trophy. You know, and, and also
3: and also, as so just want to make a quick point on the fact is that uh, you know at the end of the day, like because there's also comparisons. I know Fox Sports do big on are big on this. They're actually trying to compare. The, the different clubs and their kits. Because I know Wellington, everyone love was in love with Wellington's kit compared to our one. Well the thing is as well is that it's also about the manufacture, the kit apparel manufacturer. Like of course the Adas and Nike ones are gonna look superior to say Umbro or Macron or uh, Puma to, to that point. So I, I think I think there's a lot of much about nothing. I think and I think it's actually a byproduct of a very long off season yeah. where you know people just start going stupid about the most you know silly inane things. But the other thing I will probably add on that is you know, with clubs
1: changing kits every year now, and this is not a raw thing, this is an all of football thing, clubs are changing kits every year now. Can Umbro yeah. really afford to use three separate designs at a time? I mean Well isn't this the last year of the Umbro deal? I know, but I just hate the changing jerseys every year. Yeah. The way I would like it is you have your home kit for two yeah. years, your second yeah. kit for moves to your third kit in its yeah. second year, and everyone has well, a two-year lifespan. That's kind
2: of the way it used to be for the for the A League with the the kits. So you remember, we had the um the orange and maroon kit for two years, and we had the other one for two years. I mean, I, we saw the last year's kit was basically a a Same slight variation on the one, the one before, yeah. but yeah, lasted for two. Years. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually what's going to happen here. Exactly, and yeah, it just, it could have been worse, point, that's for sure.
1: And just personally, like. I this we were talking about you know possibly yeah. next year going forward with the kit deal. I don't want Nike because you look at some of their kits and they're just not great this year. I mean mm. look at Chelsea and Spurs. They've got essentially the same kit design with a different color. I don't like that. Hmm. I I want jerseys going to have some sort of personality and something unique to where Well, I jersey
2: certainly it has that because it's got the um on the back, it's got the city hall. James Thank you for picking up on that. <laughs> which is actually a good little touch, actually. Mm. That's
3: the thing is, is that you know, if we do, if, like, I know a lot of people were out there saying, "Oh, I hope that Raw switch to Adas mm. or Adidas or Nike." Is that you know, Raw aren't high up on the pecking order to even you know to, to be able to design anything. Like, so they will get a template and and say, "Here's your these are your colours, which pick and choose," and that'd be the end of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, so. Uh... Other story really to come from the night, Scott, you were talking to Daniel Bowles. Yes, I
2: had a quick chat to Daniel Bowles on the night. It seems like he's gonna be back in back in contention to play just before Christmas, which would be fantastic.
1: Absolutely. And I can reassure everyone that Daniel Bowles is a much smarter person than me because when I was going off my A C L rehab I ate KFC three times a week and stopped <laughs> stopped exercising. Daniel Bowles is in much better shape. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's encouraging for the rehab, and another boost to the Raw's defensive stocks come November or yes, October, possibly.
2: I can also report that Jack Hingert has not changed his name. He's not Boo? No, he's not Boo. <laughs> <laughs> we did ask him that, and yep. got confirmation. <laughs> All right, so,
1: uh, other stories now. Peter Skopetis has been upgraded to a full-time contract, beco- coming off an injury replacement deal, because he just keeps scoring <laughs> yeah. goals. Again, and 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 again. I have a theory that he's actually going to wind up starting six or seven games ahead of Macaroni.
3: I oh, look. I think he's he's been the one shining light. You know, there's a lot of doom and gloom around the pre-season campaign so far. He's the one, you know, shining light. He, he has taken the opportunity and he's ran with it. And I look. I think he's a starting. He'll be a starting um, player come October. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, and interesting you know, that because he got the players you assume were going to be the competition for Macaroni, Gamero hasn't played yet. D'Agostino has been in and out the side. So, Gamera there's absolutely an opportunity here for Skiperas, and he's taken it beautifully, hasn't he? So, he's, he's forced this issue. This yep. was probably, he was probably looking like leaving the club when Bowles got back from injury. Now, you're right, he could be in the first-team the first team squad for the majority of the season. And you know what? Like
1: I do think he might wind up starting ahead of Macaroni, but I also think that's just going to come from fixture congestion, yeah. having yeah. another striker, or possibly a wing, because we have yeah. seen... Seen him playing yeah. off on the right. I
2: think he might be more on the right-hand side of the front three, as opposed to in place of Macaroni. But, but I could see him
1: leading the line as well. Oh Maybe in a couple of games here and there, yeah. where you know Macaroni started the last two. It's the middle of yeah. January, very hot, and you bring Macaroni off the bench and he does present something different as yeah, well he, he has something different as well
3: You're i, right I think again i think it's its options and i, I think um expecting a 37 year old to actually play you know 20 26 27 games i don't it's not going to happen and that that's, that's uh, i don't it was never going to happen so to have that rotation of having like a scapetis now Gamero when he's when he's fully fit you know we haven't seen um Cafala yet so, no. it, there's plenty of options, and that's what you want to see going forward. It's just whether those options actually work out. It's just going to be the trick to it all.
2: And he's a younger player as well, so for people complaining about too many older players as a player. Much and, younger now in the front line, which is good.
1: And, you know, this is, might be one of those times where actually waiting for the picture to fully unfold has actually worked out to the benefit. Where yeah. yeah, okay, they signed the older guys first, but they still had space to bring in the younger players. And speaking of younger players, Dane Ingham has been sent home from the New Zealand World Cup qualifying mm. camp, by manager Anthony Hudson
2: who says the fullback is unfit. Well, I've got a theory on this. He's what? just turned 18. Good for him. No, that, and also <laughs> what was Danny him doing when every other A-League player was away on their holidays? Getting nutmegged by Cristiano Ronaldo? Exactly. He was at the under-20 World Cup and then he went to Confederation's Cup and I don't think he's had much of a break. So I'm not surprised if he's dropped off fitness slightly ahead of the new season.
3: Yeah, oh look I think that's exactly. It might it might be just the case of yeah he's just showing signs of fatigue he wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't had much um he wouldn't have much sort of a break so look he can read into what you want pretty much well, I'm
2: not sure if he had any break because he played in that lions game back he in did, yeah. late July which was what barely a week and a half after Confederations Cup so I'm not sure if he might have even been taking his break now yeah so yeah it
1: could be and look as it there's still what a month. I
2: think it's a mandatory break you have to have off four
1: weeks. Yeah, so same as any other full time employee. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this to talk about the NPL Grand Finals.
3: You're listening
1: to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
0: Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
1: And welcome back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review podcast, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. James Scott and Adam with you on this Sunday afternoon. quite nice outside, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. And it was a fantastic night out of Briggs Road Sporting Complex as Western Pride won the National Premier League Queensland Grand Final. And as I nearly said on the video, holy, what a game.
3: <laughs> Adam? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it, like I said they, they don't fail to disappoint these um NPL Queensland Grand Finals. I remember, remember
2: last year's one and... Are you saying yeah. this now? i oh, Yes like, I am. <laughs> I will say, uh, so in the video yesterday I said, um what was it Stephen Green scored the winner for Redlands. Apparently yeah. well, it was Michael Leop been told by multiple Redlands fans. So just get that out of the way early. Thank you for that, Adam. But uh, look, football is You're great welcome. sometimes, isn't it? I mean yep. it was unbelievable just last quickly, night out there at Briggs
1: Road. Quickly on that, send your abuse to Scott, not James for once. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was unbelievable game. Like it was actually, at the first 20 minutes, Pride were all over Morton Bay, and you kind of mm. thought, oh, this could get a little mm. bit ugly, and I was actually starting yeah. to look at the uh, bubble thingies going on in <laughs> the backfield. James for the
2: small attention span,
1: people. <laughs> squirrel! Anyway, um, yeah, I was looking at the thing that could have gotten mm. ugly, but Morton Bay found their way back in after Cameron Crestani yeah. scored the opening goal, and they had their chances. Yeah. It yeah, was... Morton
2: Bay had... They didn't give up, did they? They put in a really good effort to, to get back into that game. I mean, with everything really, they've yeah. been, got, been through lately like, with the FFA Cup and all the rest of it, they've had a heavy schedule. It's and essence- to be able to find a way back into the game is testament to their character, I think.
3: It's, I think it's almost been a hallmark of Morton Bay United for probably the last you know, two months or so, you know, since since they, especially when they made it into the uh, FFA Cup, but, you know, they've always, they've gotten behind a number of times, but they've always seemed to wait either to fight back or really sort of, you know, look to fight back. So, you know, it's, the, like I said, they, they should be congratulated. They, they have had a, sort of a good run, a tough run, and you know, they, they should be proud of themselves. And I think the supporters as well. They put up a real... like
1: They really battled right to the end, and they did manage to find an equaliser in the 86th minute, which yeah. I think had us all thinking, OK, extra time, <laughs> yeah. here we go. Yeah. However, Dylan Wenzel Hall stepped up and just had it... He absolutely had different f- ideas, didn't he? It yeah. was one of those phenomenal free kicks that when Football Queensland posts the highlights, which I'm assuming will be soon-ish... If
2: they're not up yet, go watch it
1: on the live stream, because that is up. That that final five minutes was insane. You could tell yeah. everyone in the crowd was... Uh, the scary thing is the equaliser actually almost woke up the Western Pride fans because there was yeah. a bit of nervous energy going, oh, uh, are they going to hold on? Are they going to hold on? And then, okay, now they've got to really rally and find the winner. And they did.
3: Yeah, we we were actually, when, when Wenzel Halls actually scored the winning the winning goal, we were actually in the tunnel. On halfway. On yeah. halfway. And I thought we were seen that roof was going to blow off. That's yeah. how, that was how the big response down at Western Pride... <laughs> Um sports because like I said this, this is their first finals campaign. Yeah. They they've they they have a club have really struggled, you know, since the MPL concept began. So for them to go all the way, you know, got on this massive run back in the season and to win it all, um, I think is is a great shot in the arm for, for football it's, in that region. In
2: some ways it was reminiscent of the the roar at was a crowd at Suncorp after Pard lose header back in twenty eleven. It was a bit it's similar. Bit small In a way, no, in terms <laughs> of the just the elation from the crowd afterwards it was an unbelievable moment to be out there. Only
1: th- Yeah, only 3,383 compared to 52 yeah. or 45. Well, just on that, that. crowd, 3,383
2: is, um, is a fantastic crowd for an NPL Grand Final. and I'm not sure if Western Pride have A-League ambitions, but if they do, this would be a great time to, to launch it. on the ba- well, they've, they've clearly, <laughs> while the iron is hot. No, they've clearly got the support of the Ipswich community out there. And if you can get 3,000 to a game like this... Yeah, you what you get when Sydney FC yeah, or Melbourne Victory exactly. come to town.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Although, I imagine the complaints about the bus trip from the airport out uh. near Boondle to all the way out. At, <laughs> it's a, it's a, long, we it's a yeah. long drive, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> and especially if it's a Friday night game yeah. going through that traffic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a phenomenal game. After, afterwards we actually wound up speaking to a fair few players, starting off with the captain, Jesse Rigby. And the captain of the victorious side is Jesse Rigby. Jesse, congratulations. Talks through the last five minutes of that game.
0: Thank <laughs> They equalised there, and geez, I was um, crapping my pants to be honest. <laughs> we were in the downers, and um, they really stuck it to us there. Like we we're under the pump, and Dylan's popped up and scored a great. Like we we started, you know, get back to what we we're doing, but Dylan come in with the goods and, and scored a great free kick. And you know, I just can't explain it. It's a great win. We well,
1: couldn't have picked a better time to do it. Could he?
0: Oh no, he's but he's popped up at the right time. All right, it was great. I don't think you could have hit it better, to be honest. Nah. Cracking strike. And uh, great atmosphere here tonight. Yeah, they we have the um, the usual pit that come down and they give us great support. And, and everyone else that's rocked up here tonight as well, yeah, it's been amazing. So, I can't, yeah.
1: And chances for next year?
0: What do you think? i oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, will take it one game at a time, I think. We'll just we'll see how we go. We come from eighth, I think, halfway through the season. So Yeah, finish strong and I think that was the most important thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think the team's really bonded on and off the field. I think that's what it is and we're all getting to know each other and... And it's working out, we're liking it. It's a great environment here, so yeah, we're loving it.
1: Beautiful. All right, well, congratulations again. Go enjoy the celebrations. Thanks. So, yeah, that was obviously a very har- happy captain of Jesse Rigby. And, guys, what do you think of that?
3: Oh, look, it's uh, just. You know, w- mm. Watching the interview last night, like I said, you know, they're just they're just elated, you know, that they they put in a lot of hard work. It's they felt I think it's mm. almost a sense they felt this was coming. Yeah, that they finally got you know a decent squad together and they really made a push. And you know, and congratulations mm. to them that they they actually you know went all the way and won it, and especially think, in circumstances they
2: did. I think Jesse we also symbolises that club in a way. So I think he's been there in the MPL setup since day one. So if mm. him to the Get the opportunity to lift the trophy as captain, but it be great. And Western
3: pride for a long time. Yeah, they were. They, yeah. they were strugglers in this competition So even that, this year,
2: they were. I mean, yes, yeah. you mentioned that they were eighth. Came from eighth halfway through the year to get through making the most of the mid-season yeah. transfer window. Yeah,
1: and uh, then we spoke to Adam and Dean. All right, joining us now is champion Adam and Congratulations! <laughs> thank you, thank you. What a game!
0: Yeah, huge game, huge.
1: Uh, Talk us through those final five minutes. What was going through your head? Oh, just so disappointed to let that one slip. Bit of a,
4: like, not the best of goals, just sort of dribbled in far post. Disappointing, but kept our heads up and then got that chance at the end. And Dylan, he's been practising free kicks, training all last week, so... I had a good feeling about it, and he's put it top corner, so... Beautiful. Yeah.
1: And uh, any doubt when he st- stepped up to hit it? No.
4: No, I genuinely thought he's going to put it top left, and he's done it, so...
1: Awesome. And you're looking yeah. forward to the celebrations tonight?
4: Yeah, 100%. Should be a good night. Beautiful. All right, thank you very much. Nice no
1: I think he was actually a little bit lost for words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there was a little bit of a, oh, my God, did that just really happen? Yeah. And, yeah, look, it, it was a fantastic moment. Just... During the trophy presentation, actually, they had all the kids around there and we had our media passes, obviously. Heh, <laughs> heh, But... you. <laughs> <I knew. laughs> Humble brag. But, it, but, like, all the kids were around there and I actually was wondering, are we actually going to get any footage of them lifting the trophy? Because everyone just wanted oh, to get in was, on
3: it. But then, it also, as well, it's good that, you know, as well, I said, when full time was blown, that, you know, it was... It, we, we posted a video... Um, mm. Uh, on full time, and you can see it was it was virtually a crowd invasion. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad no one really sort of stepped in, you know, and sort of you know sort of because that, that, that was a big moment for the community. I think it was actually great to actually see you know people come from everywhere streaming onto the pitch. I think you know as long as it's done sensibly, it's it's, it's not the worst thing.
1: While I wouldn't recommend you know storming the pitch at Amy Park or something <laughs> oh, Stadium, <hold> <laughs> it was a case of you know the ground organisers understanding the moment yeah. and knowing okay, this is a pretty decent moment. Yeah. All right, so uh, after the game, we then spoke to Joe Duckworth, who set up the first goal. Joining us now is Joe Duckworth. Joe, congratulations. <laughs> what a game. Yeah, that was ridiculous. It
5: was a bit, it was a bit special, that. <laughs>
1: special, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> special way to end the
5: season. Oh, yeah, and, like, there's so many people here. It's been, like, it's just been so long. Uh, everyone who was here in the first year we started, we were coming last, second last, and then to win 11 games on the bounce to have 3,000 people at Briggs. And for Dill to score that, it's just, like, it's just ridiculous, mate. But it's awesome. But, yeah, I can't I can't put into words what it feels like.
1: Well, you had a hand in that first goal. Great delivery.
5: Yeah, just spotted cameras, unmarked, just put it in an area. And um, he did the rest, mate, and it wasn't, it wasn't much I did. Can you talk us through, talk <laughs> through the last five minutes, what was running through your head? Well, uh, second half, we knew that they were going to throw it all at us. Uh, to be honest, we thought we had the conditioning over them, you know, because they played so many games and their cup game went to extra time and all that and you know we back ourselves we've gone to tough places and kept clean sheets when it matters and they got that goal which they probably deserved to be honest they came out as hard and then you know we'll probably start mentally preparing yourself for extra time but that's just the culture of this team we just don't don't ever give up and deals put the <laughs> world in the top corner and off we go mate what a time to do it oh. <laughs> And to be fair, he's been practising every training, so it's no surprise to see that going. Hard work paying off. Absolutely, mate. All right, we'll go enjoy the
1: win. Congratulations again. Cheers, Thanks for your time. Appreciate it, guys. And, yeah, a former RAW player who will be very happy with how the end of the season turned out.
3: Yeah, well, like I said, this site has a number of... Um, Western Cross has a number of um, Brisbane RAW youth players have gone. So, then again, as well, it just shows that, you know, the system... The, system, the current, current youth system, at least it's feeding into the NPL where these guys have... You know, they may not have you know, made it to the big time yet. But at least they're getting an opportunity. And, and you know, at the end of the day, this sort of stuff will take notice. You know, it may not be the road straight through the A-League, but as we've seen over uh, the past couple of years, like a lot of these, these, I should say, kids, because, they you know, they're a bit older than that now, but they're actually, you know, they put themselves in the shop window for yeah. maybe a move to New South Wales, Victoria, and then, you know, with expansion and whatnot, they, they you know, could find themselves in the A-League in a couple of years' time.
2: I wouldn't be surprised there's a few players in that, game last night that do end up playing in the A-League in the future once again, because there was some very good young players on the show, and you got interviews with a couple of them coming up.
1: Yeah, well, Cameron Crestani led off the scoring. Let's hear from him now. Joining us now on the Brisbane Football Review is Cameron Crestani, scorer of the first goal tonight.
5: Cameron, congratulations. Thanks, mate. Um, look, I, if I told you six months ago, that we'd win a grand final out here and I'd score the one of the goals in the grand final. Fucking, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it at all. But it's just an unreal feeling. And to see how much it means to the people out here is one of the reasons why I came out here. It's just an amazing culture and the community is so, so tight-knit. And to do this for them and the people in the club is just something else. And it's something that I won't ever forget.
1: What was going through your mind uh, before you scored the goal? Look, well, I...
5: I actually went and spoke to Joe and I said, do you want me to take it? And he's like, no, you get in there. And then I scored. And as my celebration suggests, I, I don't, didn't know what to do. It's been a long time, so, yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, great to have the grand final at
5: home. Oh, 100%, mate. The feeling of seeing everyone in Ipswich and come out here and all the hard work the boys have put in, um, it just yeah, means so much. Lot,
1: right, awesome. Well, thank you. And best of luck for the off season. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Yeah, uh, Cameron Crestani latest <laughs> his media training got put good use there. <laughs> he was battling towards uh, the end of the game as well. I think yeah. was we saw him kind of of getting constant treatment, treatment on his yeah. shoulder, yeah. But, you know, he opened up the scoring with a fantastic header off the free kick. and it's First goal for Western Pro as well, I believe. What a time to get it. Good timing, yeah. But I thought throughout the game, like, Crestani... Was you know one of the key figures for uh, <laughs> Western Pride because Morton Bay just kept putting so many long balls into the box and they just kept dealing with them and I also think that's where the real difference mm. was where if Morton Bay had have just had a runner to get to that second ball, it would have made
3: a massive difference. We 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 obviously watched the game. You know when um, Morton Bay made a change about I think it was about sixty minutes where they where they had a choice of. of yeah, you know, which strike they were going to take off between Riley Campbell or Declan Smith. And it was, it was, Coach Dave Harris actually chose, in the end, to actually stick with Declan Smith, who was obviously a tall target, and he, and he towers over um, Cameron Crestani. So
1: Imagine I, how I felt. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, it's like, at the end, they, they, to hold them out as long as they did, um, you know, I, I think it was, it, was, it was a very good effort. It was a phenomenal
1: defensive performance. Yeah. Like, the fact that they were so well organised and always had a guy there to win the race for the ball. And look, Morton Bay came in with a clear plan and it almost worked for them. Alex Janowski, you know, it wasn't a pretty goal, but they all count.
3: Look, he's he's actually been very good as well. I think this whole run as well is a form of Alex Janowski as well. So, look, there's a, a lot, you know, Morton Bay, you know, can be, so be, be as I said before, be proud of. You know, they, they've done well. The results may not be at all, but... But still, they've done well.
1: Absolutely. And look, both sides, they can be really happy with that. I thought it was a clean game. It was an entertaining game. It Mm. wasn't one of those ones that got bogged down with free kick after free kick or just mistake after. It was a competitive game, though. It
2: was was a really competitive game as well.
1: Yeah, it was one that you kind of felt could still go either way. Like, maybe Pride was shading it for Mm. most of Mm. it, but you never felt like it was over. Especially after the it way the first if, 20 minutes if
2: the game did happen to go to extra time it would have been an absolute coin toss game
1: at that point especially with the way yeah Morton Bay getting yeah. all the momentum back but the reason it didn't go to extra time <laughs> yeah. was Dylan Wenzel-Halls let's hear from him now alright joining us now on the Brisbane Football View is Dylan Wenzel-Halls congratulations what a game yeah mate it was
4: unbelievable words can't describe how happy I am and how how good it feels to do it with such a great bunch of lads. Well take us through that free kick at the end. Did you have to fight anyone to take it? Nah nah so I, I take them I take them regularly and at training um I take them I'm always back late taking them at training, practicing them. Um, so the boys just said, you know, they, they came up to me and said just like training and I just took it like I would at training. Did you give any thoughts to
1: hitting it a little bit differently or just back yourself the whole way? Oh
4: look the wall the wall was big. Um I wasn't sure. It looked it looked a close 10 and they were all you know quite tall lads. But, um, no, I just, just hit it the way I usually hit it at training and the way I practice, and I, I back myself from when I pick the ball up. And you
1: guys just couldn't do it the easy way, could you?
4: <laughs> no, nah, look, we were 1-0 up for ages, and um, I, th- you know, I was hoping we'd hold on, and they, they scored that, that late goal, and, um, yeah, we knew we were in for a battle then. Um, and, yeah, the free kick popped up, and I knew it was my time to, to um, you know, step up and deliver.
1: Well, best of luck for the off-season. We'll see you next season. Cheers,
4: thank you. You will do.
2: Yeah, he's pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, he was really, he was absolutely really happy after that after his David Beckham impression free kick <laughs> <laughs> 2001 against was against Greece I'm not sure if he was but after he put that he we, we went straight down to the active support behind the goal I'm not sure he did he get his shirt back or not, I'm not sure. yeah he did he was wearing it <laughs> <laughs> but it was
1: like talk about stepping up when people yeah. needed you to I, cause I was trying to work out from where we were standing I didn't know if he actually had the room to get it up and over and
3: he turns out he did Oh okay. it's just one of those moments like, and, and as you mentioned just before, we went we cut to the um the interview. Like th- that game wasn't even going that, that game for all money. probably should have gone extra time, but it was a magical moment where Dylan Wenzel Hall's won the
2: game for Western Pride. And yeah. the end of day, that's how you want grand finals to be decided. Moments like that. Yeah, although yeah.
1: well, I'll take a penalty shoot out over the Central Coast Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and look, it was good to see a lot of the former young raw players capping off. You know, for someone like Crestani, what was a pretty monumental year for him. Absolutely. He made his A-League debut. Yeah. I thought, you know, it didn't look out of place at all when no. playing at centre-back. Maybe at full-back, but that was a coaching thing. And, yeah, it was a good way to end the season. And a good, hopefully they can build on that momentum next year with the new competition set-up.
3: Look, I think I think in I think in general, um, I think Football Queensland will be pretty happy with, um, with how sort of the NPL has gone on, go on the season. I think, you know, the testament is that, you know, that the, the crowd, like three thousand, that for a, for a local game, that's that's pretty decent. So I think paid good tickets momentum, Paid tickets, yeah, exactly, and you know, that would be momentum going forward now to the new two tier system next season.
1: And well, the decision to have it at Briggs Road really Absolutely seems to have justified, paid
2: yeah, f- yeah, mm.
1: because you kind of wonder Perry Park that would have been what forty five minutes to an hour for both sides to get to, and there might have yeah. been a few fans going, uh, it's just been not worth it, probably
2: about half the crowd, kind of thing, yeah. And if, you certainly if wouldn't Strikers got, fans you going, it should have been us. The or Ipswich fans travelling in. So. Yeah. And, you
1: know, it does reward them for being the highest-placed yeah. team. And what a way to close out. Yeah. So, I suppose we should just finish with, yeah, congratulations to Morton Bay United. Fantastic season. Even more congratulations to Western Pride and Scott.
2: And also... Good luck to Peninsula Power and the Gap today. It's, um, they're just into the second half of extra time at the moment. Yeah, I'm definitely not stalling to see if someone's going to score at the moment. <laughs> but we yeah, might have a final about, score update in segment Yeah, four. they're about 10 minutes from penalties if it stays like this. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah. All right, that's going
1: to do it for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this.
3: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
1: Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to this fourth and final segment of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. James, Scott and Adam, we've just watched the end of a fantastic women's NPL <laughs> yeah. Grand Final and... <laughs> Just for good measure, they decided yeah. to match the men for excitement. What
2: is it with these grand finals? They're amazing.
1: <laughs> and top it by yeah. winning in extra time yeah. with a what is it, 119th minute goal? Yes. Pen
2: power. Yeah, absolutely, Peninsula Power 2017 premiers. Jesse
1: Davis, congratulations
2: and absolutely congratulations yeah. to Peninsula Power as well. It's been a big week for them as well in the BPL. They're through to the grand final. They just lifted. Some silverware in the women's game as well. Yeah, without without being too sort of condescending,
3: but I think it might be the um, the dynasty might be over for the Gap. They've they've been the they've been the dominant force in NPL women's for the last you know, number of years, and you now I think Penn Power are beating them. I think it's
2: yeah, there it might be changing the guard. I guess. And if you're listening to this from the Gap, that was Adam who said that. If you want to send your, your hate mail <laughs> I said, <"Bulled> through, <laughs>
1: and yeah, that was a good game. Uh, do we have to say Happy Father's Day because we're recording it on Sunday but it's not going to be out until Monday so is it just going to sound, well coming from me it will sound hollow but Happy Father's Day anyway (laughs) segment four we're going to talk about the FFA Cup you guys might have to do a little bit of the heavy lifting on this because I was kind of overseas for all of this (laughs) so round of 16 results Heidelberg 4-3 on penalties over Sydney United Adelaide 3-0 over victory South Melbourne 4-1 over Sorrento West Sydney, 4-0 over Bentley. Blacktown City, 3-1 over RPL Leichhardt. Sydney, 3-0 over Bankstown. Melbourne City, 3-2 over Hakoa FC. But, uh-oh, my screen's gone blank. What was the last result?
2: <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> well, this was the game we yeah. were at. Right. Yeah, nice work there, James.
1: Yeah, I was, I was following this one uh, yeah. whilst in Thailand. We were waiting to go to the markets. And then f- thinking, oh, I'll be able to catch the e- end of the game before the lights went out of Walter <laughs> Park. <laughs> So yeah, tell us a little bit about it while I go cough.
3: <laughs> oh look, um, it, yeah, like, it was a good game. Like,
2: it was a good game. Good game, game yeah.
3: You know, like, it's a plenty, plenty of um, passion in it. Um, and look at the end of the day, I, I think Gold Coast Sea was shaded the better team. I think you know Sam Smith's um, penalty, which was end up being the winner. I think yeah. that was probably a fair result. Yeah. But again, we, we talked about in the earlier segment about you know how brave Morton Bay were another, another example of it. And um, other than the sort of the snafu with the lights, um, yeah, it was a very, very memorable
2: <laughs> yeah. night. Well, Morton Bay almost won the game in the last 10 minutes of regulation time because they had a free kick which went straight in. Unfortunately for them, it was a it was one of those free kicks you've got to... They wait for the whistle. Yeah, it was an indirect free kick. You had to went straight in, so it was a free kick the away after that. So they scored from that. And Sam Smith scored in the first half of extra time as well, but he was offside. Yeah. So two goals ruled out, one each way, and then Sam Smith stepped up with the penalty send Gold Coast through to the quarterfinals once again, second time for them into the quarterfinals.
1: So was there any danger that the game was going to get cancelled when the lights went out? Cause it was at the very start of Extra Time, wasn't it?
2: It was 20 seconds into Extra Time. <laughs> <laughs> Look,
3: I think if they didn't if they didn't react quickly enough and get an electrician on site as soon as they did, I reckon it was going to... Um, it was heading that way. Um, and like I said, uh, there was obviously... That would have been probably advantage Morton Bay had that been rescheduled. Been yeah. rescheduled. I know, I know. Yeah, Gold Coast, Gold Coast would not want to travel again uh, up, up, up the the M1 to. To Albany Creek, so in, I think fortunate for them, and then they end up in taking.
2: In hindsight, it. we've been advantage the Brisbane strikers and Western Pride for the semi-finals the week after. Not that Western Pride needed any more help, of course. Yeah, but so had it been because it would have been a Thursday kickoff for that, it would have helped them. But anyway, that's all in the past.
1: Do you think if you are the electrician that lives around the block, you might have just had one eye on the window <laughs> and just thinking, "Oh, I can help." By the way, guys, it's a you know five thousand dollar call out fee, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it looked like a good night at Walter Park. You guys enjoyed yourselves yeah. mm-hmm. and. Yeah, now we're on to the quarterfinals of the FFA Cup. So, rematch of last year's final, Sydney FC against Melbourne City. This time it's in-city, although Perth feel like they should be hosting this game. (laughs) Heidelberg United hosting Adelaide United. Perth feel like they should be hosting this game. I have our C- friends in Perth, by the way. Blacktown <laughs> City hosting Western Sydney Wanderers, although Perth feel like the game should be played at well, Subiaco. It's in the West. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Gold Coast City against South Melbourne, although once again this feels like it should be played in Fremantle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> On this one, though, Gold Coast City, how lucky are they? They've played one away. The first ever game in the Cup was away to Hakoa. And everything else has been... One other game away was at Moreton Bay. That's it. Every other game has been at home. They've been absolutely unbelievably lucky with the draw. Well, there they are—the most, they're the most
3: accomplished uh, Queensland team yeah. in FFA Cup history, and you know, so they and, is, and the, the stakes are pretty high for uh, Gold Coast City and South Melbourne because it's a guaranteed semi-final spot for one of them. So, yeah.
1: and you'd have to think, like, obviously South Melbourne have their A League aspirations, and as we heard on the Daily Football Show, I think it was about April or so last year, they were saying they've got A League aspirations as well. They want to take mm. over from you know, yeah. the failings of Gold Coast United, of and so which it, there are it, plenty to it'll learn. Be a, it'll be a
2: big, big t- chance for both of them, really, because Adam's got a chance to get to the semi-final, and who knows what's going to happen in the other games. If there's an upset, you might see an NPL slide into the final this year. Yeah. Well, and for Gold Coast City at home, you'd have to give them an unbelievable chance of winning this game. Even if this, people think NPL Victoria is a better competition, and South Melbourne are the supposed favourites, I think Gold Coast City got every chance of winning this game.
1: Well, they won the last time these two yeah. teams met, although it was as Palm Beach, but it was eight-seven on penalties. I remember watching that, thinking that was just unbelievable. Yeah. and there was a fair contingent of South Melbourne fans travelling up there too.
2: Probably see and, them up here yeah. again this time as well. I think. Well, it's, look at the weather. Can yeah. Why them?
3: wouldn't you? Yeah. And I think as well, this 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 also is just as important for South Melbourne as well. That, you know, they've made this sort of bold claim that they believe that they're almost entitled to be, you know, the next off the cab off the rank as far as A League um, expansionist. So for them to make the semi-finals, you now that that reinforces the point as well. So I think this is high stakes for, for both teams. I think things will be, you know, of all games, it's probably the most interesting one.
2: Absolutely.
1: And just going back to the uh, game that you guys were at, Gold Coast and Moreton Bay, was there any sort of sibling rivalry on the sidelines between Gray and Adam Piddick? Was there, like, wedgies or... (laughs) Uh, No, there was
2: none of that, but there was plenty of um, banter flying from the Moreton Bay deck there in the grandstand, out towards Sam Smith, who actually scored the winner. I was waiting (laughs) for him to go give him the... The beat the shush signal, but no, didn't happen. It's yeah, no,
3: he Sam Smith actually wouldn't celebrate with his supporters. No? Yeah, we, we did post a video of, of that, and they were very, very happy. But they went to that, um, sort of the, the hill end where, where the um Gold Coast Sea supporters were. So, but if, you wouldn't blame him if um, if no. he actually made his way up to the deck where we were.
1: Yeah, uh, it's one thing I love about you know, going to these local football games, it seems like every club has that one or two obnoxious middle-aged guy who just wants to heckle because maybe he didn't quite reach oh. the heights as a player. And for so Morton
2: Bay, the... that's Adam. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sorry, Adam. Oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, I think I'm after the clear my hand. And, you know, Scott Bay... with the low blow. <laughs> the Morton Bay arts yeah. on my local team, so I'm, I'm obviously very partial to yeah. Discussing, but... Um. That is why you were back <laughs> to, walk to win, because you just
1: wanted another game you could walk to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, look, there's a big round coming up. Uh, when was the game going to be? I'm drawing a total. Uh, it's
2: on the that. Gold Coast game? Yes. I believe it's September 20th at Seabus Stadium in Rabina. Well, it's a good ground. Yeah. Mm. Great so, ground.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see, you know, maybe they should make this a little bit more interesting and say, you know, there is actually an A-League spot coming up, you know, <laughs> maybe in place of Wellington <laughs> or Central Coast. Mm. <laughs> well, actually, there was one little thing, Scott, that you were ta- telling us about uh, that came out as well that I just remember we should probably mention Oh, was the membership figures that have been announced lately.
2: Oh, yes, there was a membership figure. Po- it's on the A-League website, I believe. It's a list of members. I think the Raw is at 3,500-ish? 3, 3,497. 3,497.
1: Uh, Adelaide United, 4,302. Central Coast, 4,180. Melbourne City, 7,264. So I think that's actually more than what their average attendance has been the <laughs> yeah. last five years or whatever. Mm. Melbourne victory, 21,042. Newcastle Jets, 5,000... Just showing off Melbourne victory. Well, yeah. Got to get in early with mm. them. Yeah. Uh, Jets, yeah,
2: 5,654.
1: 5, Perth, 5,887. Sydney, 10,831. Western Sydney, 15,813. Mm. So, look, we know those members don't show up for every game, but that's still... Yeah. You know more money in the club's coffers, so good for them. And the last one, Wellington Phoenix, seven hundred and eighty-five, or as I think I call it, about our listenership for three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thanks, mum and dad, by the way.
3: <laughs> oh, look at the thing. You know, yeah, like I said, you know, well, it's well done as always. You know, Melbourne victory. You know, Western Sydney. Um, obviously they lead the way as far as membership goes. But look, uh, you know, for all the Ill, the ills and whatnot, and obviously Brisbane Roar again so have been under attack for their numbers and all that. But I think it, it's it's come clear that I don't think up here I th- I don't think that's just a reflection of oh they've lost interest or anything like no. that it generally seems if you take last yeah. season for example we, we struggled to get over 5,000 members but we were still averaging 12,000 at the game I yeah. think it's just more of a case of more people want I don't think they are willing to make that full time commitment, but they still show up to the games and look it's probably ahead yeah. in
2: memberships on last year anyway given everything that happened off the field anyway
1: yeah well just looking at the you know list of home games for the raw the fixtures list I think the problem with this year is, and it, this is something that is largely out of the
2: club's control, yep. is,
1: you know, a lot of those home games are bunched together. So you hmm. go away for a family holiday over the Christmas break.
2: You're missing three or four games well, there. Well, yeah, and, and you're missing the two big games there because it's victory in Sydney. Well, I'm, I'm, the time. On,
3: I'm on holidays in February and I'm, I'm going to miss three home games. You'll be because missing
1: City, Jets and
3: that's it. Oh, maybe two. Yeah, but yeah. still,
1: yeah. Well, we, Melbourne City, but that's a pretty big one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it does... I think that does come back to, you know, a lot of people think, you know, maybe you're paying individual prices for, what, 10 games yeah. maybe yeah. the membership's add up to, yeah, give or roughly, take. Yeah, roughly, yeah. And, you know, the other three are just bonuses. So you figure, all right, you might not be able to make the bus game in December because it's a long way for people, especially on the north side. And then you think, oh, well, we are going away to see the family in Ballarat or whatever. Yeah. And you then go, well, there's the value lost of getting a membership. Although, I'd still get it just for the simple fact that you get early access to finals tickets, but...
2: You also get your regular seat as well, which helps.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're not going, oh, hang on, I was in row 13 this week and 19 this week, so...
3: But for those, but for those who are, you know, obviously wanting, obviously the raw do have plenty of, you know, three game packages and whatnot. So it's again, it's sort of you, you can't use this as the complete excuse. But I think as well, you know, it, there are a number of factors. I think it's again, it's it's a bit hard to sort of say, oh, raw are failing in their membership drive and whatnot because like I said, let's face it, we're never we're never going to get the memberships, um, the, to the level of what you know. Melbourne victory or Western Sydney wonners and they, they just do it differently. It's a different market. So I do wonder but,
2: oh. if they're counting three game memberships in that tally in the West mm, as well. If it's a season ticket, yeah. yeah, full season. But ticket.
3: also as well, on, on the other hand, yeah, and yeah, you know, defending the raw, but. Also as well, isn't there a red flag at the number of memberships in Wellington? That's that's quite um, concerning.
1: That was actually why I brought it up. I just wanted to spend the last five minutes taking shots at Wellington. <laughs> are you saying do, that they do they have internet imp- he- over in New Zealand? Uh, are you saying <laughs> Wellington has to improve their <laughs> metrics, are you?
2: They're going to improve their metrics in Wellington. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay.
1: But, well, anyway. All right, I think I've stalled long enough. What do you yep. say we get out of here?
3: I
2: think
1: okay. so. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be it for this this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Congratulations to Western Pride in the men's NPL and Pen Power in the women's couple of fantastic grand finals. And now we're, what, four and a half weeks away from the A-League season starting. So yep. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Adam? Yep. Thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
0: Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20
1: years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.